This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Jumping out of a plane. Legs up! Absolutely amazing. <laughs> Most amazing thing. So that was England, but this is South Africa, and I can't believe it's actually happening. Claudia Bell, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you, Alana. I can't believe you jumped. I did. It's amazing. It's an amazing, indescribable feeling. But you have a fear of heights. I don't, I don't have a fear of heights, but I would have a fear of jumping out of a plane. That's a very serious thing to do. But it, it's amazing. It's one of those things that I'm just so pleased I did. I was extremely nervous going up in the plane. It takes 25 minutes to get to the altitude, so it's 10,000 feet. So it took about 20, 25 minutes to get up there. So that whole time you're processing, thinking, am I going to do this? Am I going to do this? Um, but my brother jumped with me, or be, so he went out the plane before me. And I looked and he was gone and I was thinking, okay, I'm going to have to just go now. And there's no time, to be honest with you, there's no time to think about it. You just, the man's, I'm strapped to this guy. So he's, was shuffling to the edge of the door. And the next thing you know, we're gone, out, gone. Before I explain to everyone listening why you actually did this, I just, I want to paint a picture because I know you for a very, very long time because you're one of my sister's best friends and she loves you dearly. And your your story and even the video that I watched, we'll put that video live for you on babybrunch.co.za as well. The video I watched is not just inspiring, but it feels like I I know everything, and I it's like I want to tell the world so that they can so that they can feel inspired with me. I want to paint that picture right now. So I know you as Claudia. Only recently I realized your surname is Bell. I didn't even know that. <laughs> tell me a little bit about you. So born and raised in in Birmingham, and that's where we're skyping to right now. So I have to tell people that Claudia is not in my studio, like all my other victims ha 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 <laughs> you're, you're far away but yeah t- tell me a little bit about you okay so i yeah i was born and raised in birmingham which is in the center of england really it's, it's kind of the central region of england um grew up here and funny story really is that i'm married to a south african man um who i met in south africa and i think i knew your sister um before that um, so just, yeah, and the bit about me is that I, I live and work in Birmingham. I've got my family all around me. So I only lived back in Birmingham for the last three years, moved back to be close to family and get the support from them. I have two lovely boys that keep me very busy. So Zach aged 12 and Ezra aged nine and Louis, my husband. So we're all here together. What do you do for a living? So as a mom, you wake up, you are ready to go to work. I know that you work in safety. So what, what do you do? Yeah, so I work in um, I work for a national safeguarding charity called Thirty One Eight, um, and I'm head of training. So I am responsible for overseeing all of our training, delivery, development, and delivery um, nationally to charities, organisations, and um, faith-based organisations, including churches. So I know when I asked you, tell me a bit about you. You you spoke about your family and you spoke about your two beautiful children. Yeah. But when I read your biography, I know that you have three children. Yes, I have I actually have three children. Yes. So I have a little girl who I say is my little princess in heaven, Louise, um, who was born in 2004. So she'll be 14 next week. 
we still celebrate her birthday each year. It's important to us to do that. But yeah, she's she's our little girl in heaven who, you know, look forward to seeing one day, hopefully. I was I was quiet when I read the parts in your biography where and I'm sorry, I'm actually really emotional because I even though we know that people sometimes give birth and their babies aren't alive. Mm. I've never had an opportunity to speak to a mom who has given birth to a baby that's still. And so when I when I read your biography, what what how you put it differently to me almost made me feel a little bit better. That it 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 made me feel a little bit better when you said when when you gave birth to her, she was already playing in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? So so we got pregnant in the March of that year and And this was your first baby? My first baby, yeah. So we'd been married for a couple of years by then. Um, so our first baby, first pregnancy. And as you do, I, I imagine it's the same for any parents who when they know they're expecting their first child, you're excited, you're happy and you start to make plans um, as we did. So the pregnancy goes along, three months, everything's fine. Get to about six months, which is the, get into the first part of the third trimester. And it was a routine appointment um, with the GP. And when they checked um, me over, there was something not quite right in my um, water. And they said, oh, we were a bit concerned about that. There's protein in your urine. We need to just, you know, just get some rest. We need to do some more tests. Go home. Don't go to work. And I was feeling absolutely fine. I felt well. I couldn't, I kind of thought maybe they're exaggerating. Was the baby kicking? The baby was still kicking, but not as much if I'm honest, not as much. Um, a few days later, things hadn't improved, went to the hospital and it really progressed from, from there. Um, they, the, the, the consultant at the hospital did um, what they call a Doppler scan, which revealed that there wasn't much blood flow from the placenta to my baby. And they decided that, well, they, they, they diagnosed me with what's called preeclampsia, severe early onset preeclampsia. And the only way to um, resolve that was for me to deliver the baby um, at six months. Um, and I wasn't ready. We weren't ready at all. So that was a complete shock. And what started to happen is that my body started to shut down. So my organs started to not work. And it was important to deliver the baby as quickly as possible. What goes through your mind when, I mean, I remember with my first baby, I was quite um, excited but panicky because I didn't know too much. And your only reference is your mom and a few books, and some of them are American books, so it doesn't even apply in terms of information around UIF that we have here in South Africa or, you know, it, it's, it's limited. What goes through your mind and your husband who you love so much, what goes through your mind when they tell you there's a problem and you need to give birth? And you're not full term. I think it's fear, absolute fear, fear and dread in terms of what on earth is going to happen. Is this, you know, the first thought is, is, is our little, is our baby going to survive? We didn't know that we were having a girl until she was born. So we didn't know the sex of the baby because because in, uh, it, it was some time, it was we're talking 14 years ago in England, it wasn't a time where they were, some hospitals were telling you the sex of the baby, some weren't. Um, so we didn't know the birth we, did, we hadn't named her before she was born um and we just thought uh, our baby is the baby going to survive how are we going to get through this but at the same time we still had hope quite a positive 
person. So I think we wanted to place our hope in our faith and those people around us who have a faith and who prayed for us and supported us. And we just kind of went with it. But in a daze, you're in a complete daze and it's utter fear. I can't describe the fear um, of thinking what what's supposed to happen because it's not even like we'd had a baby already. So we don't know what childbirth, that's fear alone. I think if it's your first child, let alone being told you're going to have this child early. And we knew from what the consultant told us that the blood flow from the placenta to the baby was quite minimal. It was very likely that when the baby was born, that he or she, we didn't know the sex at the time, would be brain damaged, which is why that, which is why we didn't go down the route of a cesarean because the consultant advised us that it would be quite hard. They could do a cesarean, and if we had insisted on that, they would have done that. But it was a decision that we made, which was to just go, just go with whatever happens because it was going to be too traumatic to go through a cesarean. And it was also about having that scar, I guess, but never been able to hold our child. I, th- I think, I think, we, I think we, we were given that advice and we pondered that and we thought about that. And that was the decision that we made. And, and I remember after having Louise, reflecting on that and thinking, did we make the right decision? That, you know, it, it's too late then to, to look back at that. I think you made the right decision. You're her mother. Yeah. You know best. <laughs> yeah. You you give birth. How long were you in labour for? So I went into hospital on a Thursday. She was born on a Sunday. So it was three days because she wasn't ready to come. And it took that long for, you know, all sorts of um, attempts to get the labour going but it, but it got to a real crunch point because I was, I looked, the only way to describe it is that by the Sunday, I looked like a Michelin woman, completely whole of my body was swollen because my organs were shutting down. So nothing was working Gosh. and it got to a point of being critical. Um, but then, yeah, eventually she came. At that point, I mean, I, I, I read your story and I'm wondering why didn't they at that point say, well, Let's put your health first and then had a cesarean. Is it is it still something at that point that you and your husband wanted to go through? You wanted to experience labor. You wanted to make sure that afterwards, let's face it, even if yeah. if she wasn't around, you you had to be fine. Yeah, and they, and I think they would I think what happened on that Sunday was that I think they were getting to that point. The night before on the Saturday, there was I literally remember about three or four doctors whispering at the bottom of the bed trying to make a decision about what to do but then soon after that she came and I think that was what they were debating whether actually they just need to deliver her in whatever way possible because my health was at risk but I didn't even through all of that I didn't feel like I was there was something wrong with me like I was ill but I know from what the accounts of other people that I was. Your baby arrives and it's Sunday who's with you? So my husband and my mum are there. What did she look like? Beautiful, perfectly formed, lots of hair, so much hair, um, long toes, long fingers, absolutely beautiful. And who named her? We named her together. I think, we'd, I think, we, I think we had discussions before um, she came, but if we had a girl, we would call her Lu- Louise. And if it was a boy, would have ended up probably being... Louis Jr. 
but she was a girl so um yeah she louise yeah we didn't we didn't take we didn't ponder on that for very long it just seemed the right thing to do listening to you explain louise's birth and and your story i i just have to tell you that you're extremely courageous because i don't think i would ever be ready to explain or to tell people what had happened but knowing that we can help and encourage and and tell so many other women and families that they're not alone when that happened when did you feel ready to speak about it to talk about it to people to stop asking questions to stop blaming to yeah when 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 were you ready to actually i mean it's it's 14 years later and we're doing this podcast and you're far away in England and I'm in South Africa and and Louisa's story is connecting us today. Yeah. It it was an instant. It, you know, being really honest, I think there was probably a year to 12 12 months to 18 months there was there was really probably a silence about it where we didn't necessarily speak about it. People knew and but it it, it wasn't spoken about and I don't think that people know how to deal with something like that I, I think it is very difficult and I remember when you and I think it still happens now when you go through something like that it sometimes feels as if you as the person who's lost so we lost our child but when we did speak about it you almost have to manage the other person's feelings and grief so then you choose not to do that because that's just that's that's painful in itself so I think it was it was a long time before we told people and sometimes it would come out in a passing conversation or by the by but it wasn't something we openly set about to to tell people this has happened to us and and really I only in the since moving back to be closer to family in Birmingham in the last three years, I came to know about this charity called Saying Goodbye, um, who campaign to make the subject of baby loss less of a taboo, because I think sadly it still is a taboo. So people don't talk about it. I know other people, neighbours and good friends of mine who've also lost babies, multiple, not just one, but two, three lots um, whether it's a miscarriage or a stillbirth, and they don't talk about it. And I think, it, yeah. What What did you wish at that time people asked you? I mean, if if they came to learn that this happened to you, to your family, to your body, to your brain, what what do you wish they'd ask or said? I think that's a, such a difficult that's a difficult question to to answer because I think that everybody will deal with their loss and their grief in in their own way i think for us it's just it, you it's just people wanting to people to acknowledge that you know it has happened and that but life goes on and that we aren't it's, it's it was such a difficult thing and we would love i'd love to be talking to you and having a different conversation about a different aspect of parenting and telling you that i've got my three children here with me and my eldest is a little girl called you know big girl called louise but that isn't the case and i think it's 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 just the it's just wanting people to to I guess just acknowledge that that happened and I think I had different people say different things and I think it's that for me it's I think when you lose a child whether it's 
a miscarriage, stillbirth, or you've you've had that, you've looked after your child for however many years. It might be post, you may have the privilege of having your child for a week or years and you lose them. It doesn't matter at what stage you lose that child, you've you've it's a loss. And I think that somehow there seems to be a perception that if you have a miscarriage, that's not as bad as having a stillbirth or if you've had a child and you've lost then that's not as bad there's no for me there's no spectrum if you've lost your son or daughter you've lost your child doesn't matter it's it's a life absolutely whether you know it's three months in your in your womb or 13 years by your side it doesn't matter I've known you for a while I'm thinking close to 17 years perhaps yeah, probably. And I've never thought that you have the type of personality that is crazy enough <laughs> <laughs> to jump or to skydive or to bungee jump or anything like that. And mm. when I connected with my sister recently, uh, when she visited South Africa, she told me, about the jump that you're doing and I said are you sure we're talking about the same person (laughs) (laughs) I said to her impossible tell me about and I mean I I watched it and I couldn't help but just cry at your video because it is just so beautiful because I know you Mm. (laughs) tell me what you did the other day it's not that long ago Mm. why did you jump one first reason it was to raise money for a charity that I feel passionate about who is working so hard to support parents who lose a child at whatever stage um, in their life, whether it is in pregnancy, stillbirth or in infancy, whatever stage. They, it, it's And they're very much campaign to make um, that you know, any any form of loss a taboo um, or to, to not be a taboo. So I wanted to support them because they do such great work. But also I wanted to do something that was just liberating and combating that fear that I think in a sense I probably always carried after that event, after having Louise. I'm not I'm not scared of heights per se, but I have lots of different fears about lots of silly little things sometimes and just wanting to do something that I can kind of say if I can do that if I can jump out of a plane then I can do anything and just wanting to give hope to others who you know have fears or worry about things that they often can't change just you know just do it just do it (laughs) how high were you before you jumped so the plane um, went up to 10,000 feet. That's, you're in the clouds. Yeah, you're in the clouds. You're above the clouds. <laughs> so when so when I jumped out of the plane, because that day it was a, so on the ground, it was kind of patchy cloud. But the plane, is set, um, it goes up through the clouds. What's beautiful about it is that when you're up there, you kind of see the horizon and you kind of think, wow, this it's just beautiful. It's amazing. When I jumped out, I'm above the clouds. Is there a, I don't want to create something that's not there, but for a moment when you are moving through the clouds and you're doing this for an organization and also for the fact that we're talking about babies who, like you put it, are already playing in heaven. Is there a moment where you start thinking about 
why you are doing it this for other people? Or is it just fear and the fact that you're jumping and falling through the sky at that point? It's it's a bit like fast play, if I could put it like that. I think everything's happening so quickly. So the, the time it takes to get up into the air, there's all, I remember all sorts of things going through my mind. I thought about Louise. I thought about, um, you know, playing in heaven. I thought about all the other people that I know that have lost their children. All of that comes to my mind. But I think when you, when, when I jumped, it happened so quickly. I, I made a decision. I'm quite a focused person. So I made a decision that I was just going to enjoy it. And so when we jumped, I think you can see from the video. I mean, I watched that video back and think, is that really me? Because I look like I'm kind of... Yes, it is you. I saw it. <laughs> I made the decision that when I do it, I'm going to do it and go for it. Three kilometres out of the sky. How, how fast does it How fast does it go? A- apparently, that they tell you that you're, you're dropping at 120 miles an hour. Mm-mm. So that is fast. I know you work in kilometres, don't you? We so I don't know what that is in kilometres. It's it's fast, but you don't feel as if you're falling, and that's that's the interesting thing is that when you jump, you it does feel like flying. I don't feel as if because I think we imagine in our minds that your that feeling of dropping would would hurt your your stomach or something like that. It it does it didn't do that. It, it actually made me cry. It made me cry to see you <laughs> flying through the air for for a really good cause. I just I, I'm 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 not just inspired by how you approach this, but I can't believe that that something that has happened with you is connecting people all around the world and is making real change. And I can't I can't I can't think that unjustified that your your baby that's that you celebrate every year is is alive in us because we we connected because of her you know and you will you will probably always give back because it's happened to you and i know that when we tried to make time for today's podcast we we send you questions and and through that we asked you what is your message to to moms and dads out there and and i want to ask you this now if you if there's anyone that that has a condition of onset preeclampsia or someone that knows that you know this this is busy happening to them and this is what they've been told by experts that they might not give birth to to a living baby what do you want to say to them right now because it's happened to you yeah wow Uh, you know what I would say is it's not easy (laughs) you know we need to be really honest here and I know I sound like I'm kind of calm but you know that i I'm I'm just I am crying at the same time I'm just not good job it's not a video Skype otherwise you would see my tears but it, it's not it's not an easy thing to do by any stretch of the imagination having good support around you is so important and talking about it and I don't think we did talk about it initially. We and you have to go through that. You know what we you know, we forget when that happens. When you when you give birth to a baby that isn't alive, you have to do a funeral. All those things come. So that's the reality, and those are the very difficult things that follow. Um, so it's not easy, but there is hope, 
And I would say that hope for me, and it might not be the same, but I would like to encourage people that that hope comes from sharing. Because what I know is that when we have shared and said to people, this is what happened to us, nearly everyone has either said, wow, that either happened to me or I know somebody who that happened to. And I didn't know what to do to support them or how to help them. But that's helpful to know that you've been through that and you're okay. And so it's for me, it's the power of sharing that, you know, the danger is if we don't tell people that difficult things happen to us, that when it happens to somebody else, they just feel like they're on their own, that why me? Mm. And I think the reality of life is that why me is always the wrong question in my view because life is life and things happen and often it's about why because if you I think about our experience my experience and my husband and our family and I think well what we've been through would we want anybody else to go through that no so why not Mm. I'd rather it be me than somebody else because it's an awful experience so you know let's not ask why why has this happened to us? It's why not? Because life is life. It's not. It's not a personal thing. These things don't happen because you've done X, Y, and Z in your life. It just happens. And I, you know, I don't want people to feel as if they've. It's so natural to start thinking about: Did I do something wrong? Or did I eat the wrong food? Did I? You know, it's all sorts of things that can play on our minds. It's none of those things. It just happens. Well, your your story is encouraging and it's making us feel like we're not alone. And I can't help but point out every single time, Claudia, how courageous you are for sharing a personal, personal story, something that happened to you in order to support and to motivate other moms. And I think when we give back, we will never understand how many people we're actually helping because we can only see so far. Yeah. And so we want to just say thank you today that you have given us time and that you're willing to share something that is so personal and that something that you celebrate every year still and that you think about daily. And I want to encourage more people to to watch your video and to not just see your courage, but also the fear in your eyes because it's quite hilarious. <laughs> but it's live right now on babybrunch.co.za. If you want to see Claudia Bell, a, a star mom from Birmingham doing her thing, who's connecting with us here in South Africa at the moment, and also read her story leading up to the jump because I think it's important that you have that context too. So it's on WordPress. It's called Jump for Love. And it's still live. Can people still contribute to the cause if they want to send money? Absolutely. If people want to donate, they can absolutely do that. It's still open. Um, And I am writing another blog post the jump um, as well. So if that's helpful, I will share that with you, Ilana, and you can please as you please with that. Thank you very much. Claudia Bell, send regards to your family. I will do. We love you very much. And thank you for your time. Thank you. You too. You too. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my story.